Hey, everybody. We're with Tinsley Ellis at 3rd and Lindsley here in Nashville. I'm Ted Drozdowski, and it's really a pleasure to be here with Tinsley. We've known each other for a long time, and this man is truly a legend of American blues music. And really, you know, one of the world's leading proponents of blues guitar and songwriting. Can't say enough about him. Came up with the Heart Fixers uh, out of Atlanta in the 80s, signed to Alligator Records, has gone all around the world more times than most of us have with that guitar in his hand. And uh, now he's back in Nashville and he's back on Alligator Records too after recording for a bunch of other uh, labels. He's got a new album called Devil May Care and it rocks in a real bluesy way. And uh, I love what you're just playing there right out of the B.B. King catalog. And I understand that B.B. was kind of, seeing it was kind of a pivotal experience for you. It really was. You know, I started out um, listening to, like a lot of us, the music of the British Invasion. And uh, we were listening to something uh, and uh, as teenagers and, and a guy's older brother came in the room and said, man, I hear you guys getting into this uh, Mike Bloomfield and Peter Green and Eric Clapton and the cream. He goes, there's a guy you got to go see because he's the one they're all getting it from. And uh, we said, who is it we got to go see? And he says, you got to go see B.B. King. And there was a time where B.B. King was playing hotel lounges and he had to do a teen matinee. I'm sure the band hated doing that, but my dad dragged me and my teenage friends down and we sat right up in the front and saw the real thing for the first time. And so I had to have a guitar like his, <laughs> complete with the baritone knob on it. So why don't you tell us about this gorgeous old 345 you've got in your hands right now? Well, after seeing B.B. King, I just had to have something like this. And of course, I went, climbed up through the ranks of crappy guitars to Les Pauls to finally I was able to uh, trade my 335 and a few other uh, things for um, and some money for, for this uh, uh, 345, which was very similar to like the guitar B.B. King would have used at Live at the Regal or Blues is King or Freddie King for that matter. And uh, one thing I like about it is that, you know, of course, like I was playing earlier, just the normal kind of style of playing, you know, it's kind of warm, you know, mm -hmm. but it's also got this cool thing, a veritone knob on it that'll give you that B.B. King, Blues is King sound where you're... That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it, you dial it back even more and it, you know, give that very nasal sounding. And it's got one, this one kind of sounds like you're playing through a straw or something. And kind of Jimmy Page, actually. So it's got a lot of excellent features to it. It's, it really is a way to have like a 335 and make it more... Um, versatile by having the tone filter. That's what Les Paul, he saw this guitar one time and he said, that's your tone filter, Tinsley. So it's called, it's called a veritone, but he called it a tone, a tone filter. filter. And it's a 1967 model, which would have been kind of in the wheelhouse of, the, of what the Kings were doing at the time with them. Yes. Well, it's terrific. Is it all stock? Have you had to change anything uh, over the it years? It is just how it was when I bought it. Fantastic. I had to replace the Veritone one time, which was horrible because the repairman that did it said, don't ever ask me to do that again. First of all, we had to find one. Didn't want to reissue, so we had to find an old one. And then you had to dig everything you see here up through one of the pickup holes, pull it out, you know, and then stuff it all back in and put it because there's no back plate on this or anything like that. So it all has to come through the pickup holes. Yeah, that's daunting. And, I, uh, a, and there's a box, it's not just a switch, there's a box underneath, it's about that big with all kind of, who knows what's up in there, I, I dare not look. Well, I do love this. And I know one of the tones, I can't remember which one it was, it's almost like a transistor radio. You yes. Know? So yeah. I always love that about it too. If you want yeah. to feel like you're playing inside of a little, uh, uh, inside of a 55 gallon drum or something. Yeah, you know, it sounds... Turn it, that and crawl inside. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's what it does is it, it, it uh, 
carves out certain frequencies to where it's uh, maybe they were trying to make it like what a Stratocaster would do, kind of a thinner sound or something like that. But but it is quieter, and so when the band is is playing, they have to kind of tone it down, and then you could hear all those kind of nasal sounds coming through. Yeah, they're cool guitars. Yeah. Now you have three other guitars. Well, let's let me see. Uh, let me see what we're going to do next. We're going to do uh, this 1959 Rosewood Strap. That sounds good. That I got in the 19, <laughs> 1970s. Uh, there was a guy in Atlanta that sold uh, Persian, Persian rugs and vintage guitars. Wow. And I wanted a Strat. The Vaughn Brothers had just hit the scene in the late 70s, and I, I wanted uh, something to play along with my Les Paul, so I went out and, and got this one. And I uh, and, uh, really, really like it a lot. It, it's a beautiful playing guitar. And... Um, there were times when uh, we would always run into the Vaughn brothers in the, in the 70s and early 80s before they were, you know, real famous and stuff like that. And every time Stevie Ray Vaughn would see me, because I, I let him use this guitar when he said in, and he would ask to buy it. So I figured I'm never going to sell it because this guy likes it so much. Yeah. I'm going to keep this guitar, but i got to have something with a whammy bar, you know. I like yeah. I just love that out of phase sound that this gives and I've had a lot of work done to this um, and then somewhere along the lines when along the way when I was getting it worked on one of the naughty repair guys stole one of my pickups no. I don't know which one and he put something in I don't have no idea what it is but it sounds okay yeah <laughs> so it's a play it's a player's guitar it's scratched up uh, if you go to my website, I've got pictures of Stevie Ray Vaughan playing this guitar. So this is my retirement right here, <laughs> if I want to sell this. I love this. It's got so much character. It looks like every road mile is out of It space. has been beat up. It's been all over the world, and uh, it's gotten beat up. So has the... Uh, the ES345 has been all over the world with me, too, because I don't, I don't buy these things not to play them. Right. You know, i gotta, I got to have them, and, uh, and hopefully they will stay in my possession until I... Who knows what happens? Well, but, well uh, I've seen some of these guitars not only at your shows, but also on your Sunday morning coffees. Yep. Where right. everything sort of gets rotated through a little bit. You, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Tinsley appears on Facebook and he plays a song on Sunday mornings when he's at home. I'm in reruns now, though. I'm in the reruns because <laughs> yeah, I'm on tour. Down the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's see what else we have here. Well, let's see. Um, as for electric guitars. Oh yeah, here you comes know, the mother. Um, yeah, here it comes. I love this thing. I really do. It's just, it's just such a now, cool. Is that a weird guitar or what? And how about this headstock right there? Yes. You know, and so they designed these in Gibson designed these in 1958. They never made them. Unlike you know, people will tell you that they made them, but they didn't. They made them in 1982, and it sat on the wall of a music store. And a friend of mine said, "You gotta go." get that guitar, just stick it under a bed, it'll be worth something someday. And it became my slide guitar, because that's what you do with a weird guitar, right? <laughs> you play slide guitar, what else would you do with it? Let me get my slide here. You bet. And I'll, so I tune it to uh, usually open D for the Elmore. Okay. You know, and... 
and it's out of tune, but anyway, that makes it sound even more authentic. More authentic, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I love it, and uh, it doesn't fly very well. It's in the, the size of the case of this guitar. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. It's yeah. like a... I have, I have a V in the case. You, so, you know, so you know. I remember I used to see Lonnie Mac and them carrying those flying Vs with the whammy bars around. And had one in each hand, and you know, so this is uh, across the bear, you know, carrying this thing around. but. It's the most talked about instrument when people come to the shows. I go, oh, I want to steer them to one of these other things, but no, they want to talk about the modern. And uh, it's just so unusual. You don't see those. Very it, it's often. it is unusual, and um, you know, I'm not sure what it's worth, but I um, I made it my slide guitar, which means the frets are all beaten up from you know playing slide on it. But now, uh, now, since it is an individual guitar, what about that guitar spoke to you when you first saw it? What what made you want to actually pick it up besides your friend's recommendation? Well, I. Um, I tell you, if a guitar says Fender or Gibson on it, or Martin, chances are I'm going to like it. You know, I'm, I, it, I'm like one of those Harley Davidson guys that won't go on any other motorcycles. You know, I, yep. I really believe in these pickups. And when it comes to Fender, I mean, Leo Fender got it right the first time. He hasn't changed much. And same thing with Gibsons. And uh, I tried it in the store, and the guy was so anxious to get rid, rid of it. He uh, he sold it to me for 50% of the list price, and uh, I took it home and I looked at it for a while and go, what if, you know, I had uh, buyer's remorse, what have I done <laughs> kind of thing, and then I started taking it out and people started talking about it, and it's, you know, it's put it on my album covers and things like that, and people want to talk about a weird guitar. And is that the slide guitar we hear on the new album, too? Yes, it is. Because there this are some really cool slide tracks on that. Thank you, and this is the guitar I use on it. Excellent. through. Uh, Probably one of these two amp amps here, and that's got uh, two tone dials and one volume. Is that yeah? Right? It's um. Well, I don't. You know, that's a good question. What is this one do? Yeah, the tone, two tones and one volume. I, I never, you know, who messes with the tone knobs anyway? Once you have it set, right? You like I mean, it, it's, you're uh, yeah. I mean, I know you're supposed to, but yeah. <laughs> we we break a lot of rules here in the blues rock world. Every rule is made to be broken. There's, yeah. a, there's no place in music, where I think, where that uh, no place other than music, where I think that applies so well. Yeah, you, know? you don't get arrested for exactly. it either, unlike other areas of life. Yeah, well, that's that is another small one, man. And is that all stock as well? Yes, it is. Cool. It's all stock. Cool. So, and then the other guitar I, I play live is the uh, National Steel. Yep. Which um, would be for the acoustic segment of the show. And uh, and this is a 1937, 1937 National Steel, probably meant to be played Hawaiian style on your lap, because it used to be a square neck, and then somebody sanded it down to being a round neck. But I use it for the uh, the muddy waters, and mainly it's tuned to open open G. Although sometimes I will tune this to open D as well. And it's a loud kind of thing, and That's it does the, does the sun house. You know, it does all that kind of. You can rough it up, and uh, I love that. And stuff. I and I really I bought this guitar, and they said, well, you're going to want to put a new uh, resonator in there, which is like a Pi 10 yeah. up underneath here. And so I put a new resonator in, and it didn't sound right. It was too exact. It almost sounded like uh, something that would be used more in bluegrass music, and and uh, this is uh, th so I put the original one back in there. It rattles and it's all torn up, and it 
Said, Isn't that what it's supposed to do? That's what it's supposed to do <laughs> for, for what we do. You I know? know, man. I always think of these guitars. You know, it's funny. People ask me about them. I'm like, well, it's like playing a giant tin can. Yeah. You know, you have to lower your expectations, but at the same time, embrace them and love them. You know? That's awesome being in the record business. <laughs> High hopes and low expectations. Yeah, exactly. But, but this has got the um, palm trees thing, and I'm not sure if you all can see that, uh, but it's got the design on it. And you can really see some of the neck, too, where the original, uh, the original they, square part is still left in here and here, and they've just kind of winnowed it it's down. It's the hugest neck on a guitar, but I think if they took any more off, the neck would probably bow. Not. I'm not sure what's up underneath that, but I, I buy them, and I don't do much to my guitars. Uh, um, you know, they, they kind of, uh, if I like them when I buy them, and I got this one from uh, Willie's Guitars up in... Um, St. Paul. They have a, a great selection of them. They're real friendly people too. And it's a relatively new arrival too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, this is the newest one of the guitars I have. I've had about five years now. I was using a knockoff of one as I was kind of learning how to do it. And, uh, and I, I don't consider myself a real student of a, a acoustic delta blues. But there's a few things I can do on it. And well, I just love that. Anything that sounds like right that. Anything that sounds like that is going to be entertaining yeah, the way I look yeah. at you it. You took me right back to the father of the Delta Blues record, too, with those Sunhouse lyrics. Oh, that yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and it gets no better than that, really. Yeah, I, don't that think, I don't think Sunhouse gets enough uh, of respect, really. I think he's overshadowed by Robert Johnson and, and some of the rest. And Skip James was great, too. Yes, and and they knew how to use one of these. And I'm sure they loved it, because back in the day, there wasn't a lot of amplification, and this is a loud thing. Yes, you need to fill up a crowded room. Yeah, yeah. this this guitar does not room. have an indoor voice, you know. <laughs> so anyway, those are the axes. Now, what kind of strings do you put on this thing? God, that is a good question. But uh, um, Warren Haynes told me that he he recommended I put an unwound G on it, uh -huh. and I really like that. It it makes it jump out a little more, and I'm not sure. I'm sure that it's meant to be used with a wound G, but I. I break the rules once again and put an unwound G on it. A big old fat unwound G and big old thick strings too because you're tuning down. And do you use the same strings uh, on all three of your electrics? No, I use um, heavy gauge strings for the two slide guitars and then I use, uh, uh, I just switch from 11 gauge to 10 gauge sets for the uh, two, um, you know, more traditional normal uh, guitar. And are these uh, 12s essentially, 12 gauge? Or? I think they are. I think it's like 12 through 50 something. But you know, you you're not going to be stretching them much, right? Really, and so um, they last forever. I mean, it's a, it's a dark day when I have to change strings on one of my slide guitars, <laughs> and then they're all bright, and you go like, oh, this doesn't I, sound right. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. So. And uh, the old strings uh, sound better, and I would probably like to do that on the electric. But when you break a, when you break a, a string on the strat with a whammy bar, the show is over. <laughs> Unless you got somebody coming out from the wings, you know, to save the day with another guitar, because the whole thing goes wicked out of tune. Well, would you mind grabbing one more of those and just walking us through your pedal board? Now, I know okay. there's just a couple things, Great. but yeah, we'd love to hear um, some of the tones. Yeah, I would get the. Um, and are you playing a brass slide or a steel slide? <clears throat> I, I, I usually use, um, well it depends, like on the, on the new album I use a glass slide because I was okay. going more for the, like the Dwayne Allman thing, uh -huh. but for the uh, Elmore and Muddy, either steel or a brass, I think that's a brass, I can't tell on the lighting, but uh, that seems to be, be I, I've been gravitating towards heavier slides and, and brass slides as opposed to uh, uh, you know, something thin because they, 
to hold the cord down better. Mm -hmm. And another thing I do, uh, speaking of metal things, is I just started using this guitar pick. You know, I'm a big Freddie King fan. And you can hear the clicking of his, uh, when Freddie King played, because he used a metal thumb pick mm -hmm. and a metal finger pick. It formed a claw. And you know, it would sound real percussive. So I just started using this metal guitar pick. Ah. And uh, once again, not regulation. <laughs> I'm not sure which ordinances I may be breaking by using this metal pick, but it gives a real clicking sound. But I don't use it all the time because, frankly, it's, it's a little intense. And so I use this really heavy um, Dunlap pick, the heaviest one they make. Uh, wow. I, I never want a guitar pick to like fold or anything. That's for like strumming, you know, campfire music. Yeah. And, so anyway, so the pedal board itself, um, not much to it really, um, and not much volume. There, there I am. Uh, so um, guitar tuner. G tuning very important in Western civilization. <laughs> in the East, in the East, not so much. I don't think, but yeah. uh, Western civilization, you got to have your guitar tuner. Um, and yep. then I, when I record. Um, in the studio, I do a lot of guitar Leslie stuff, play through a Leslie cabinet, an organ cabinet, spinning around and stuff. But I, I was wondering if that was a pedal or a cabinet on the record. Well, it's a, that's a cabinet, but okay. I'm not going to drag it around on the road. So I've got a pedal. <laughs> I've got a pedal that does that. Okay. Yeah. And it's nice. called a Solvi. Solvi. And uh, they're very. Inexpensive, I think. Um, BBE. What does that stand for? Uh, it's a Barkus Berry. Yes, it is. I think Barkus Berry makes that pedal a soul vibe, and it also will do the. If you slow it down, it'll give you that really chewy Robin Trower sound. Oh, nice! Once yeah. again, breaking regulations, but I <laughs> but I love that. You know, it's very trippy, and yeah. uh, and so it'll do that. The other pedal of uh, a go-to is my Overdrive, which I found out. Um, about uh, through a guitar player here in Nashville, actually, Rob McNally turned me onto this overdrive pedal. Very open sounded. It's, it's made by Nobles, huh. ODR1. And um, it kind of like you engage in it, kind of sounds like putting a tube amp on 10 rather than it doesn't do the, it doesn't really do what the, um, uh, uh, the normal green pedal does, like, uh, the, yeah, the Ibanez, Ibanez Tube Screamer. Yep. That will give you a lot of crunch in the middle. It's a very open sound. It makes it sound like a, an amp on 10, which if you combine actually putting your amp on 10, <laughs> then you've really got something there. So anyway, it's kind of a, kind of a little, just a little bit. Almost makes it sound like a little, a little like a Marshall or something like that. So, so that's, that's off, very yep. clean. And then here's on. Nice. Yeah, it fattens up the yeah. hands really well, and they sound uh, yeah, so lovely I, and corpulent. Yes, it's <laughs> a big word for a blues artist. But uh, anyway, that's uh, what I use for that. And then, of course, I got the wah wah here. Yes. Got to have a wah wah. And that is called that's a picture wah made by Real McCoy. Oh, and I've had that cool. a lot, and it needs a, wor a little work. It's sounding a little crunchy at the moment. But I know, You had told me a story about Tom Dowd uh, oh, giving yes. you a lesson in Wawa is yes. once upon a time. Which Tom is Dowd told me, uh, so you're going to use a Wawa on that, that song? He goes, and I go, yeah, I'm going to use a Wawa, Mr. Dowd. And he goes, uh, 
Well, remember, it's not a foot pump. <laughs> he wanted me to like milk it, you know, and, yep. and I was going, well, 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 yeah, time with the music, so you're not supposed to keep time on the wah-wahs. So anyway, uh, and I try to, you know, I try to use these hopefully tastefully, you know, I don't have a lot of them. I've got an Echo, Echoplex, which I use on recordings. I don't drag it around. Um, uh, it, now that's a noisy thing. It's like throwing a handful of dirt into your rig, which could be cool, you yep. know, but, uh, yep. but uh, sometimes I'll use a, um, a uh, Echo pedal, you know, I can't even remember what a boss or something like that, but I don't, I don't have that. Uh, the more pedals, the more noise in your rig and, mm -hmm. and I want a clean, noisy, distorted sound, if that makes well, any there's sense. There's a lot of beautiful, classic, kind of clean, distorted and, and just sort <laughs> of uh, just really interesting classic tones on the new record too. Well, I, so. ho I hope so. Um, I, these are the guitars I use and I also use the Les Paul on some songs and I, I use my Martin for some uh, acoustic guitar. And the amps are pretty much... Yeah, um, since you're bringing them up, let me just get yeah, out of the um, way of these babies. <clears throat> You know, these are these are my go-to amps here. I do I do the Marshall thing and I do the Tweed Champ. I love my Tweed Champ, but not really practical to use uh, either of those live. Uh, but these do it for me. This is an amp. This is a 1967 Super Reverb, uh, 40 watts of screaming tube power. <laughs> I bought that amp in the 70s from Tom Doucette, who played harmonica with the the Allman Brothers band, and Tom Doucette was on the classic. Um, uh, Eat a Peach and uh, Don't Keep Me Wondering and Done Somebody Wrong live at the Fillmore. And this was one of his harmonica amps. He had two supers. And uh, and so it's very possible that this is the amp on live at the Fillmore East, the harmonica amp. That's what I tell people if I want to impress them, but let's be <laughs> honest, it might not be. It might be the other one, but he had two of them, but I bought them. And, uh, I, j I just love it. This amp has been with me. And this is the amp when Stevie Ray Vaughan used to sit in. He would play through this amp. He'd play this Strat through this amp. And I've still got it set for his settings. I never changed the settings after he set in. And I could tell you the settings, but then I'd have to kill you. And so um, <laughs> we don't want that to happen. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I left it set that way. And uh, the other amp I really like, and I do use this quite a bit in the studio, is a Deluxe Reverb reissued 22 watts and it's got the 12 in it that's got the 10 so I kind of feel like I've got the best of both worlds and and when it comes to when it comes to guitar amplifiers at least for me it's their fender and then there's all the rest yeah. because I love the reverb and I love the tremolo on them and uh, man they so these two kind of give give me everything I'm looking for and and at the risk of courting death I see that you have the volume up on six here I which do. is a pretty healthy level for one of these you know yeah, yeah uh, it, I, I like that a lot it's good yeah. to, good to open that thing up make it speak yeah well I, you don't go to a cat house looking for a kiss really you know <laughs> and so uh, yeah I like to I like to let them do what they do and uh, and uh, this one uh, tonight I'm gonna feature more of the super reverb and a little less of the deluxe but last night I used the deluxe more but uh, this seems like a super reverb kind of place. Well, how long is the tour going on for you? This tour is, uh, we are about um, 15 shows into it. We've been all the way up the East Coast. Uh, we started on the Blues Cruise. Uh, oh, okay. And, uh, which was really fun. A lot of great artists on the Blues Cruise. And then we went all the way up the East Coast, up to your neck of the woods, Boston, played up there. And, uh, and then back through to Atlanta, sort of recharge our batteries and then, uh, doing some shows in Tennessee, and then we're going through the Midwest up to Chicago to see my label friends at Alligator in nice. Minneapolis, and then through the Rockies, and then 
uh, down down uh, California and, and back through the southwest. We're gonna try to make hay while the sun's up. You know, I've been off for two years. So, I mean, yeah. it's time. D during what you understand, you wrote hundreds of songs, I right? I wrote a lot. They're not all good, but I did write a lot of songs. <laughs> There's some weird ones, frankly, but uh, I wrote a lot of songs and that became the new album. And Lord knows I had enough time to write them. You know, I didn't want to lose my chops. And, you know, we don't want to sit around and practice scales, you know, write songs. That's a good way to, to uh, spend the time. And I'm missing that right now. I, I wrote a couple last week um, while I was at home. And so I'm looking forward to getting back in that when the tour is over. And after that, we fly places and stuff like that. So, you know. Well, congratulations on Devil May Care. It's good to see you back out on the road. Good to see you doing your thing. Great to hear you. And uh, Tinsley, do you have a website? Yes, I do. TinsleyEllis.com. Okay. Go there. And when Tinsley comes to your place, go there too. Okay? Thanks a lot. It's Ted Drozdowski for Premier Guitar. Stay cool.